What's going on, Houston? This is Joey Wyatt and Lance Edwards, Houston Holla Podcast. We are kicking it live in our studio. Our makeshift studio, number two. Live to us, anyway. It won't be live to you, yeah. How we doing out there, Houston? Uh, we got some Astros, some Texans to talk about today, and also some fantasy football. Right. We'll talk a little bit of fantasy football. Look, we're in Richmond, Texas, not Katy, Texas today. So we're doing a little switcherooski here. We're trying to build our own little podcast center man cave in the upstairs portion of my house. But today, we are bringing this special edition podcast Edition number two of season two, right? Yes, From sir. my kitchen. So if you hear the noise in the background, it's just some yard work going on. I let my weeds get way <laughs> out of control in my flower bed. So I had to call for professional help. And I'm super embarrassed about it. Like, I'm like, that's not me. I mow my lawn. I cut my grass. I edge my grass. And I had to call somebody in professionally to just bail me out this one time. But Joey knows I've been working hard, so. Oh, yeah, man, always. His house is beautiful, by the way. Your backyard's beautiful. It's going to look great party. after he's done. Pool party, guys. All right, we are sitting at Lance's kitchen table, and we are snacking on some Murray's Craft Jerky. Uh, new flavor, first time I've tasted it anyway. It's the Caribbean Gold. I think the Steakhouse was my favorite, but this one's, uh, I think this one takes the belt. Yeah, it's got that Caribbean jerk taste to it, so want to give a shout-out to Aaron Murray. Check them out on Instagram. I know they made a new announcement on their Instagram page, too. Murray's Craft Jerky. Get on there. Get you some. Get it ordered. Got the stash burner. Got all kinds of other flavors, but I'm telling you, you got to try this Caribbean gold. Or, like you said, the steakhouse was Joey's fave. Get on there. Order you some jerky. I ordered literally an entire box of it like i think i ordered probably eight bags of it i'm going to share it with some of my friends at work so get over there appreciate them and uh hey snack on so snack on to the smack on we got the smack talk on the cowboys because guess what the texans are crushing it in the preseason (laughs) and i'm not talking about two wins i'm not talking about our third stringers being 10 years older than everybody else's third stringers i'm talking about the turnovers I've seen more turnovers by our defense than I've seen in a very, 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 well, all of last year pretty much. And I, I'm telling you right now, I, 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 we have not made predictions, but we're just going to throw it out there on the top of this podcast. I think the Texans are – I think we did talk a little bit about this. Yeah, about we, two, we talked a little bit about I it. I think the Texans are actually going to win four, maybe five games. I really do. And they're not going to lose the Jacksonville week one. It's not happening. No, I think we beat Jacksonville week one, and I was a little – uh, little down on the guys uh, before, but I think like you that we can win five or hell, maybe even six games, which is a big improvement. And basically just the overall environment of the team is what I'm happy about. We had nine turnovers all of last season, seven given it is only preseason through the first two weeks. But the thing I'm excited about, man, is these kids look excited to play football. They look like they're being extremely well coached. And, hey, they're all saying the right things. They're all loving David Cully and Lovey Smith. And, you know, I was excited about Lovey Smith joining the, joining the squad in the offseason. When we heard about it, I was like, all right, man, that's pretty cool. But I turned on that first preseason game. I saw him wearing a Texans uniform, and I got extremely excited, man. I'm pumped for some Lovey Smith. You know, through all the sound bites and through all the sports talk radio here in the city, 
Uh, I, I, I've heard Lovey Smith address that it's not turnovers to him. He calls them takeaways. Yeah, takeaways. Because they're, 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 they're ball hawks out there. They are trying to disrupt the other offenses. And I think that is such a, such a crucial message. You know, the Bill O'Brien era was all about, let's try to run a bit of a clock. Let's get some time of possession. Maybe our offense can keep our defense off the field. But it just wasn't the case. I mean, we had too many explosive plays. The 20, 30-yard plays were, were popping left and right, you know, especially with Deshaun and D-Hop a couple of years ago. So the, the defense was just not getting a lot of rest. And they just didn't have enough oomph or energy to make plays late in games. Lovey Smith's like, hey, from whistle to whistle, let's go out there and try to get five turnovers. You know, let's do it. Let's go get five takeaways. Yeah, and you know, from what I've been hearing about what's going on in training camp, Lovey Smith is not leading, letting them leave practice until they have a certain amount of takeaways. He, they get to practice in the morning. He says, all right, D, we're going to have this many takeaways today or we're not leaving. And they've been all about getting to the ball, getting to the ball, getting to the ball. And I'm just extremely excited for a Lovey Smith defense. Uh, three of the top six defenses actually over the last three decades have been under Lovey Smith. If you didn't know that, I didn't know that either i found that out the other day so i'm extremely excited well, about I'm, that yeah i'm gonna say brian urlacher probably contributed to one of those at least no he definitely <laughs> did you know um something else i'm excited about is tim kelly his offense actually looks really good and through the first two weeks i'd say between the three coaches the coordinators and david cully tim kelly's getting the most screen time he's the one running up and down the sideline sweating yelling getting on their asses man and you know what this team looks ready to play some football, and I'm extremely excited about it. Hey, you know what? We might lose a lot of games, but I think they're going to be a fun team to watch, even while we're losing. Yeah, he's look, Kelly's only going to be as good as his personnel, and he actually has a top 10 offensive line. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how like the combination of Ingram and Lindsey plays out throughout the season. Uh, I guess Deuce is still on the team, right? David Johnson, Rex Burkhead. Is Deuce still on the team, or Deuce is gone? He's gone. So, yeah, so it is David Johnson. So, I mean... How does that roll out? Is David Johnson the third string or is he the first string? So, you know, before, how does that actually roll out during training camp? Everybody just assumed David Johnson was going to be the number one guy. And then it would be Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram or a combination of the two one way or the other. But through the first week of preseason, Philip Lindsay is getting 40% of the snaps. Mark Ingram's getting the other 40%. David Johnson's getting 10 Burkhead's played getting, like three he's snaps. Getting, he's getting that. Rest. He has been the he's been the third down back so far in the preseason. So I don't know if that's going to tell any of the story about the way they're going to use these guys. I honestly I see them using them maybe even time. I think David Johnson should be the featured back, but we'll see, man. That's a good running back room to have, even though they're aging a little bit. The bottom line is those guys are not going to Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott, or you know Derek Henry their way to a 40, 50 yard touchdown run barreling over folks. But they are veterans. They're going to help the Texans win games 16 to 13 by not turning over the ball late in game, minus Philip Lindsay. But I'm just saying, Mark, <laughs> Mark Ingram can hold on to the rock, you know, and he's just a tough dude. So is David Johnson. So having that veteran experience at tailback late in games, you know, they might be able to see when someone's leaning, when somebody's breathing hard, and they might be able to put their shoulder down and get two or three extra yards to convert a first down. And that's what the season's going to be like. Um, unless the Texans just get drummed which could happen in a couple of their games on the schedule. They're, they're not going to go out there every week and just put up No, we're not going to score a ton points, of points. And, and they're not going to give up 42 points a game. It's not going to be like Bill O'Brien's era, which was exactly everything he did not want in his life. 
he he probably he probably drove his butt insane losing games 41 to 35 you know and that's just not the way he wanted it but it's the way it worked out because like we know that offense was always playing from behind or having to set the pace now it's just a totally different ball game everybody's held accountable from like you said we're not leaving practice until we get a certain number of takeaways and you know what guys like to do in this texas heat I guess they're in the bubble too, but in this heat, <laughs> they want to get the hell out of practice because it's hot outside. And you can tell, man. And like you said, this team is not going to score a ton of points. They're going to win football games 17 to 14, 20 to 14, 20 to 17 if they do win football games. But another guy I'm excited for is Tyrod Taylor. He's not Deshaun Watson, but he's not going to be that guy that costs you a football game. He's not going to win you a football game, but he's not going to lose it for you either. So it's really going to be up to the receivers catching the ball, the running backs not turning the ball over, and the defense just doing their job. And I think we are going to see more of that than fans expect this season. Yeah, this is going to be fun to watch them and actually analyze them because they're not going to be predictable anymore. And that's, I think, I think that's a, that's a, that's a crucial thing. It is. I'm excited Especially about the a new coaching staff. You know, yeah. I, I think we were all kind of like David Cully. Who the hell is that when they hired him? But I'm happy for the guy. I'm excited to, you know, I I had my depression over the whole, well, everyone knows, but I'm just excited to see a new era of Texans football. Win or lose, I think they're going to be a fun football team to watch. Have you watched any preseason? Did you Were you glued to the Cowboys game the other night? I mean, I know you were probably working, so you had it on in the background, but did you actually pay attention to the game? I did. I did. I uh, there's nothing really else to say other than the defense just looks damn good. Even though these are third and fourth string guys, they are playing football. They are getting to the ball. They are blowing people off the line and they are just, just smash mouth defense right now, man. I really don't know what else to say. You know, it's, it's a shame that it's only our third and fourth string guys against other third and fourth string guys, but Hey, the season starts next week. We'll see if our starters can do it. All right. Well, we're not going to do anything like roll through the schedule. We'll just talk about them as the season progresses, uh, are you a big college football fan as well? Or do you, are you, you tend more to the pros? I know you're big fantasy oriented. I tend more to the pros. And, you know, like we've talked about before, I enjoy college football. I enjoy college sports, but I don't have that one school that I'm just absolutely in love with. So I don't have to be glued to my TV. You know, I watch U of H when they're on. I like watching tech. You know, I like watching A&M lose. I'll watch UT a little oh, bit. Oh, U plays yeah. Tech first week. Yeah, so there you I go. know. At NRG, uh, me and my brother are going to that game, so I'm a little nice. excited about that one. I am pumped to see how this SEC plays out. I'm also pumped to see how much pull does Texas and Oklahoma really have in the Big 12 with all that talk of them going into the SEC. What are those games going to be like this year? when Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State and when Texas has to go to maybe like an Iowa State or a Kansas State, like how are they going to get treated by the board of directors of the conference, by the officials at those games? Are they going to throw 15 phantom holding penalties? Like what's it going to be like? Or is it going to be the exact opposite and they're just going to let Oklahoma and Texas roll and beat everybody by 20 or 30? Because both of those squads have the capability to do that. Just nobody knows what Sarkeesian is going to do in Austin, and of course, Oklahoma's talented, like they always are, until they play an SEC defense. I think we'll see a couple of little petty calls, honestly, man. You know, I think for the most part, they're going to let them play. Uh, and I do th- expect both of those teams to win a lot of football games this year. But I think we're going to see a few of those petty calls, uh, you know, so I think it's kind of inevitable. We'll see what happens. It's going to depend on where they're at from week to week, but I think we'll see a few of them. Major, major, major shakeups. I mean, you're talking about 
the Big 12 just dissolving and going, and all those teams going to what I see, maybe the ACC, the Big 10, the Pac-12, or now it'll be called like the Pac-16. I don't know. It's nuts. But it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, college football back in full swing. I can't lie to you. I really enjoy watching 62 to 10 beatdowns of a non-conference opponent by like a power five school. I don't know. I just, I enjoy those early games because you, you find out real quick in the season, also for a gambling's from a gambler's viewpoint, like who's really just going to throw down the hammer and they're set out to like set some national records for passing or receiving yards or something. Cause you, those games are fun to watch later on in the year when a team's up 28 to seven in the third quarter on a Thursday and you've just been working all day. You're like, okay, this game's over. Let's put it on Netflix and then go to bed. Nah, I'm going to watch that game to see if they put 56 on the squad that they're playing. You know, I like watching those games early just to see if they're predictable or not. So I don't know. I love the blowouts. I really do. See, am, I, am I weird for loving the blowouts? Uh, those are the exact reason that I can't stay glued to my TV in front of, you know, college football every Saturday is, seeing someone like Alabama play Alcorn State and then the fans on the sideline really excited that their team just won 92 to 3 against a junior college and I just I, I don't know it's the politics of it for me man I just that's the reason I don't enjoy it as much I do enjoy it because it's football but I just can't sit there and watch that every week there was yeah. that one time that the Citadel almost beat Alabama. Yeah, and then you have those guys that are like, all right, roll tide, we won. We just beat a junior college. No shit, man. I mean, you know, and it's just <laughs> well, no, there's team- calm down. No, no, yeah. Well, there, there's also kids out there, you know, that have no clue yeah. who, who who the teams are and the football teams. You also have the sorority girls that are out there like, oh, the girl I went to high school with goes to Alcorn State. This is such a huge game. Yeah. It's like, uh, actually, no, you it's know, not it's awesome. at all. <laughs> it's awesome for the smaller schools because they get the money. And, you know, a lot of those schools need it for scholarship purposes or whatever. Yeah. So I appreciate them. I just, it's boring to watch to me, you know. They are boring to watch yeah. in person. But when I can watch two or three of them at the same time, it's just fun to see. I don't know. If you also follow college recruiting like I do, that's the point in time, especially with the four-game rule now. You can play four games and still redshirt. Those are the games where you get to see like those top 20 recruits actually get in and play, especially the quarterbacks. They get reps in the third and fourth quarter with the first-string offense. It's like, oh, wow, this guy is going to be a stud. And then you start getting into the whole you know, controversy. Hey, are they going to bench the starter that's been there for three years and play the true freshman? So we'll see. I love it. The early season games, they get me going. And, you know, I'm an SEC football guy with my Missouri Tigers. I don't know what to expect from us. I don't think we're awesome, but I don't think we're terrible either. We're going to be right there in the middle Isn't of the Isn't that kind of the fence they've been riding for the last few years? No, no, they've been terrible. They've I mean, been they, terrible. They, I mean they, 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 had a, they had a good streak last year. Yeah. And, but I, I would say out of the last five years, Mizzou's been absolutely awful. But, I mean, A&M's been on that road before. And then they got Jimbo, and Jimbo's turned them into just dominance. And, and I really think that um, – it's going to be on October the 16th. You know, A&M comes off of the Alabama game on October 9th, and that's going to be the chance, win or shine, win or lose for A&M against Bama, right? That's a big opportunity for A&M to falter. Are you going to lose two in a row, Bama, then lose at Mizzou, all beat up? Or are you going to beat Bama and then have that let down the next week and lose a road game to Mizzou? Or are you going to beat both of them, Right. Because by then, Mizzou technically should be in the top 20, 25. So it's another quality road win for A&M. That could mean A&M should be like the number two or number one team in the nation. And if they beat Alabama, then turn around the very next week, all beat up and beat the hell out of Mizzou. 
that's big for A&M. So it's just, it's just fun to watch all the different stories, all the different trends. And with 120 Division One football programs, there's just all kinds of stories across the board. And it just makes it more interesting to me than NFL Sundays. This yeah, is why, this, which fair, is why I just watched the Texans in the primetime game on NBC because I, like most people in America, or unlike most people in America, enjoy listening to Chris Collinsworth. I like Chris yeah, Collinsworth. I like him. So. I don't know why everybody <laughs> hates him. And I like Booger, too, you know? So I, everyone hates him. I, I enjoy listening to both those guys. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get my football on Saturdays. And, of course, I've always had my football on Friday night. So, again, I start that. Shoot, that's that's tomorrow. Tomorrow night I make my debut at Hell the yeah, brother. Houston Christian Mustangs versus... Lutheran South. So. Is there going to be some kind of link you can send me the games? All I know is the uh, games are on Flow Sports. Uh, they're powered by Vipe Magazine and Vipe Live. Um, I don't know if you have to pay for them or if they're going to rebroadcast them and keep the archive links on a website or not. I just know it's a good thing that the UIL and the state boards are allowing public and private schools to both uh, broadcast their football games because some people are still scared to go out in public, you know. Um, they, the grandparents or anybody with an illness or, you know, a, a, a threat to their health that doesn't want to get out around the COVID-19 situations in our country. Um, they don't have to get out into the crowd so they can still watch their grandkids play. And I love this part too. I always tell my cameraman that I'm with, Hey, make sure we show the halftime show, like the drill team dancing. Yeah. Cause the grandparents at home want to watch their granddaughters dance on the drill team too. You Most know, definitely. so, you know, that's what it's all about. It's about the community coming together and, uh, Friday Night Lights in Texas, there's nothing like it if you're listening out of state. I know we have a few out-of-state listeners. Uh, Eric Brill, shout out to you. I know you'll be on this broadcast listening. Uh, good luck up there in Idaho. I heard those Newton Eagles are going to be pretty good. I heard they're going to whoop Woodville pretty bad this year. Man, and look, whoever you are in Italy who's given us like 14 listens, I freaking appreciate it, man. Yeah. In Italy. That's awesome. Hey, Italiano listening in, yeah. huh? Yeah. So we like it. Okay, so we just talked NFL. We talked college. I heard this the other day, that they have like a college fantasy league. How crazy is that? How would you even select players in that league? Uh, you know, that's going to so be many interesting. Choices. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. You'd have to know, like, you know, who's the stud player at Louisiana Lafayette, you know? <laughs> well, you've been able to do uh, daily fantasy college for a couple years now since they lifted the federal ban on gambling a couple years ago, but now I guess it's going to full season and it's going to be interesting. My buddy said you'd always want to pick like the army quarterback. Yeah. Cause he's going to triple option, triple option. Triple he's going to account for like 70% of the team's offense. Army or Navy triple option, 50 snaps a game. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Air force. How about yeah. Air force quarterback? Yeah. Top three picks, Air force, army, Navy quarterbacks, right? All right. So moving right along here to that fantasy front, Joey kind of has an announcement that he's not sure if he wants to participate in a fantasy league against you, our listeners, he's he's questioning it, but he has a great proposal. So I'm going to convince him to be in the league with us. I'm going to be in the league because I don't work for his employer. But tell us what it's all about, Joey. What can we do here? All and right. How much, so and how much time do we have to get people signed up? All right. So what I'm thinking about doing, guys, I want to do a 12 team league. It's going to be free to sign up and it's going to be full point PPR. What I'm going to do is post the link on our Houston Holla Facebook page and the first 12 people to sign up if we get 12 before next Wednesday, September 1st. It's going to be a free league. They are going to get a $100 gift card to Wild Wing Cafe. The winner, 
the winner at the end of the season, whoever wins the fantasy football championship in the Houston Holla League, will get a $100 gift card to Wild Wing Cafe in Katy, Texas. So if you're interested in that, I'm going to post the link here this evening. And uh, yeah, you guys go ahead and sign in. First 12 to sign in, we'll have a chance at that gift card. I think it'll be fun, guys. So what I'm going to do is wait till tomorrow morning to check that link to see if we already have 12 signups. See, I think as soon as we post this and maybe boost it, we're going to get signups real quick because everybody wants that $100 Wild Wing gift card. Yeah, you know, so what I'm going to try and do is create the league without having to have my own team because I don't think that's fair as a host. Uh, if I did end up winning, uh, I will just do a name out of the hat for the gift card, I suppose, but I want everybody to have a fair chance. So I'm going to try and figure out how to create the league without needing a team. So we'll see if it works that way. If it does, there's going to be uh, – 12 open spots for you guys to sign up. So I'm kind of excited about this. We'll be doing the draft next Wednesday, September 1st. So, yeah, guys, I'm going to post that link tonight. I think it'll be fun. You uh, know, I participated in my first auction draft the other day. Auction it was fun. It was fun. fun it was very fun. The thing I like about auction drafts is you can listen to podcasts, you can do your studying, you can watch videos, you can research and read for hours and weeks, but none of that matters in an auction draft because you don't have a draft position. And so I love auction drafts for that reason. None of your studying matters. You know, so uh, it's it's a great time. I've got my uh, this Sunday, August 29th at one o'clock and I cannot wait. So you won your league last year? No, actually. Is that a touchy subject? I almost ran the table, and then I ended up losing to a 5-9 and nine team. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. <laughs> Big money, too. $600 league, 12 teams. Sucked. Bet you were talking all kinds of smack. Actually, I'm not that guy during the season. I don't no. like talking shit. I just like beating you. All right. I'm quiet. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Kind of switching subjects here because this is on my nerve. I was trying to egg you on. I was trying to get you upset, but... Nah. It's hard to get you upset. You've seen you've seen a lot of upset people in your day <laughs> working in the in the restaurant industry and in the service industry. Yeah, so I have polite, like I have politely learned how to tell people to screw off with a smile on my yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna talk about a mistake that I made that's equivalent to a rookie mistake. And uh this is just non this is non-sports real quick. This is uh me and Joey talking life. So I was in Conroe earlier today, right? And I had to go drive all the way back here to meet Joey in Richmond. So it's like, okay, well, duh. You just take the 99 Grand Parkway and you pay like $12.50 for the ride on the toll roads, right? So I was like, you know what? I got like an hour and a half to make it home. So I think I'm just going to go 45. Save my 12 bucks. Save my 12 bucks. Maybe 45 to 610 or 45 straight to I-10. We'll check out the traffic, right? As soon as I get past the Beltway... Like, a guy lost his ladder and, like, five containers. I'm pretty sure, like, a lawnmower and a weed eater flew out of his truck, too. And, like, people are swerving. Wrecks are all over the place. I mean, traffic must have been backed up forever. I literally saw a police officer, Harris County Sheriff, get out in lane three of the five lanes on 45 South. And he picked up a ladder and he chunked it 30 feet towards the median and it hit the walls. Like, dude, that guy 
definitely takes leg day seriously. Like, that guy squatted down, just chunked that son of a gun like it was a javelin. Man, that's it was terrible. crazy. Um, but, I mean, all the, the debris was all over the road. There were, like, four or five wrecks. You know, small fender benders. Thank God nobody was majorly hurt. I was just about to ask if it caused any accidents. No, well, the, yeah, there were fender benders everywhere. People bumping into each other, swerving lanes and whatnot. Moral of the story is... If I just would have spent $12.50, I would have been back here. I probably could have got a 30-minute snooze before Joey came <laughs> ringing on my doorbell. But, no, he was standing out like a kid who just got let out of school, and his dad was two hours late to pick him up at the elementary with his backpack and his headphones on, like, Lance, I've been here for two hours. Where have you been? So, yeah, moral of the story is don't ever second-guess yourself if you're driving through Houston traffic, and don't make the mistake and ever drive inside the loop between, like, Sun up and sundown, Monday through Friday in Houston. I kind of feel bad for that guy that lost all his equipment. And he's obviously running a small business and all of his thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Yeah, for real. Like, how's that guy going to get up on roofs or get up in attics or whatever he was doing, you know? Yeah, it sucks. That that ladder and that lawnmower are probably how he feeds his family. So I hope whoever you are out there, you get that figured out, man. (laughs) I hope whoever you are, somebody buys you some bungees to tie your crap down. All right. So last but not least... We got to call something out from March fourth, twenty twenty one. Before that was a long time ago, a long, man. long time ago. This That's jerky. when we predicted the Astros games. This jerky is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you smacking your lips over there. It's like, yeah, it's good jerky right there. Hell so, yeah, um, so check this out. I said the Astros would go eighty three and seventy nine. Okay. And you said they'd have how many wins? Eighty five, I believe. Okay. So I think we're both like right on point. But I want to say something because I made a note in that show. And, and I know I made it. I just didn't write it down on this piece of paper. We can go back and look at that March the 4th episode. I clearly stated that if the Astros are going to have a money season this year, they're going to have to score like seven or eight runs per game. And their bullpen sucks. And it's not going to last in the playoffs. When the playoffs come, they're going to get crushed in innings six through nine. Prove me wrong. I think they're a great hitting team, but unless they outslug everybody like from inning six through nine and they can pick up five or six runs of their own, they're going to get outslugged and they're going to blow all kinds of five to two leads in the postseason. So I believe you can find this stat somewhere. We are number one or two in runs scored from the seventh inning on this season. So I do believe that is possible. We all know the playoffs are a different story, um, but that's when you get into the playoff rotations. You have a shortened starting rotation. You're going to run with four guys, maybe three in the World Series, and then start that fourth back over. And I do believe if we can ever get this team on the field healthy, that we can make a postseason run. Now it's going to be hard to beat the White Sox. It's going to be hard to beat those damn Yankees uh, to get there. But I still think we can do it, man. You You think the White Sox are a big, big, big challenge? I do. It's going to be hard to beat the White Sox four times in seven days. Yeah. It's going to be hard to beat the Yankees four times in seven days. It's going to be hard to beat Tampa Bay four times in seven days, you know? So Who would we'll you see. rather play, Tampa or Chicago? I'd rather play Tampa, honestly. I respect that. Yeah. Rather play Tampa. I think Chicago is just that damn good, and I think there's a very big chance they are playing for a ring this year. Hmm. Last time the Astros and the White Sox played, 
We all know what happened. We all know what happened then. And you know what's even crazier? Break out the brooms. The team they have right now is light years beyond that the team that they had in 2005. Whoa, 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 whoa. That team did go to the World Series. This is not, we're talking maybe first round matchup here. Yeah, but I'm talking as far as talent on the team on both sides of the ball, hitting, pitching, defensively. How does that work? As far as what? The, the the major league wild card is one game to determine who plays the one seed and the two and three seeds are going to be determined anyway. So the one seed has a bye. Four and five play the wild card. Two and three play the divisional round. How does that work then? Four and five play a wild. Okay, five and six play. No, four and five play one wild card game to determine the fourth spot. To determine the fourth spot, and then that's a two five and game three. series. Yes. Two and three, no, it's a one game. Wild card is one game in, in baseball. Right, four versus five is one game. Yeah. It determines who's going to play number one in a five-game series. Seven games. See, I'm always confused about that. I've always been confused about that. Baseball has changed their playoff format a few different right, times. Right, 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 right. I, see, I thought six teams made the playoffs. I don't know. No. Nope. But, okay. So, so here's the deal. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. So if the Astros are the two seed or the three seed, it really doesn't matter. They're already set in stone who they're going to play. Yeah, and, but and they know they got to win the series. Yeah, we got to do our job and get there first. Right now, Oakland, they're on a little bit of a skid, but so are we. We're playing 500 ball over the last 10 games. Seattle's only, I believe, half a game behind uh, Oakland right now, who I'm not worried about. We just have to do our damn job. We've got the easiest strength to schedule over the last 30 games, and we really just we just got to do our job, man, and I think we'll have a good chance. Uh, so, again, the, the question that was posed to you is, how many 5-2 to two leads are the Astros going to blow in the late innings of a game? A few. In the postseason. A few, but they're going to have to score runs. So, you know, what do you do about it? Did you know that Yuri Gurriel is like the highest batting average? Yeah, he's <laughs> leading the American League right now in batting average. Michael Brantley last week was hitting 327, and he now dropped down to the 313 mark, so he's on a little bit of a slump. But Yuli is leading the American League in batting average. He has a chance right now, if he finishes strong these last two or three weeks, to win the batting title. It's pretty I like, awesome. I like Yuli. I like Yuli, too. Uh, you know, if he's 37 years old, man. Imagine if he had played his entire career. Mm-hmm. In the MLB and hadn't defected from Cuba at the age of 33 years old. Right. He could possibly be a Hall of Famer. I do believe the talent's there. The guy's a damn good ball player. Well, eventually they're going to have to. I think he's the second best first baseman this Astros baseball team has ever had. And I feel comfortable saying that. They'll have to take over account, take into account, especially in Cooperstown. Yeah. All the new players that come over from league to league, whether it's Asia or the Dominican or Cuba. Hey, look, man. I love these Puerto Rican, these Cuban, these Dominican ball players. They can play some ball, man. And I will take all of them on my team any day of the week, dude. They just get raised differently playing the game, though. And I think that it's I think that it's kind of a turnoff, though, the, the way they they're great people, but the way they act on the field. It's very fiery. It's pretty it's pretty crazy. They talk a lot of smack on the field. Do you like smack talk on the baseball field? Well, dude, you know so. Like, is it not acceptable in baseball, but, I love it, it. but it is in football? I like, love it. Uh, you know, so these guys grew up and, you know, not try to say this the nice way possible. They didn't grow up under the greatest circumstances for the most part. They're yeah. outside hitting rocks with sticks. And, right. you know, 
most of the kids here in the States now, the way baseball and select ball and USA baseball and AAU baseball and blah, blah, blah. It's a bunch of little spoiled kids, you know? So for the most part, for the most part, it is. And if you're one of those spoiled kids, good for you. But these players from other cultures come over not as fortunate and they bring the fire with them and they grew up in a different environment playing ball a different way and i've got absolutely no problem with it i enjoy it makes the game fun i think you should be able to pimp your bat flip if you hit a hit a walk-off home run i think you should be able to stare down a pitcher if he throws at you you know so i i the new rules are leaning a, a little soft I got you. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wondered. I, I'm not, a, like I said, I, I wonder what the purists say, the baseball purists. You know, the sports writers that they couldn't, get they, they couldn't throw the ball from third to first. Oh, my God. He bat flipped. He needs to be suspended all season. I mean, we saw some great bat flips. I love bat flips. In the college level, too. Yeah. I, mean, I love bat flips. Do it, baby. They're fun. They are. <laughs> all right, Houston. Well, don't forget, we are going to post a link for this fantasy page here this evening. I'm going to share it. First 12 to sign up. Well, maybe 11, maybe 10, depending on if me and Lance get in. I'm going to set it up, see how it works out. Point is, don't miss the link. As soon as the room fills up, that's it. It's gone, and you're going to be playing for a $100 Wild Wing Cafe gift card. That's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. So do I have to pick 15 players? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I hate it. I wish I could just pick 12 and leave. You can. You can auto-draft the rest of the draft. No, yeah. Then you get stuck with like four fourth-string wide receivers. No, what's going to happen is you're going to have like five defenses. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, no, but I've got a buddy who I've been playing fantasy with for like five years, and we're in like three different leagues together, and never fails, Paul, one way or another, in one of our leagues, he's asleep, he's driving, no signal, he's drunk, forgets to draft, Auto drafts, ends up with freaking three quarterbacks and four defenses and still wins the league or finishes second place. Somehow, man, he gets so freaking lucky every time. I mean, if you get the top four quarterbacks in the league, you have trade bait. Yeah, whatever. Most leagues these days, the way they're set up, they are running back favorable and quarterbacks really don't matter too much. I've won some fantasy football leagues with Jared Goff, you know, so it's really about what you do after that. (laughs) That's so true about the running backs. I'm the worst running back drafter ever because I, I just love wide receivers. But well, wide right. receivers I, are great in PPR leagues, but it just it just depends. All right, well, I can sit here and talk about fantasy all day. We should do a side. I'm the one person you don't want to talk to about yeah, fantasy. Yeah. So anything I said about fantasy football in today's podcast, don't take it into account when you actually uh, draft your team here in the next couple of weeks. Football, it is here, Joey. It I'm, re- is here. I'm ready to get back on the pace. I'm glad we can get this podcast in this afternoon for these folks out there for the Houston Holla Nation. Yeah, extremely excited, guys. All right, Houston. Remember, we got some. We might have some bad weather on the way. Possibly, we don't know yet. We might be getting some rain over the next week or so. So be safe out there. We all know how quick Houston can get a little uh, yeah. muddy. Yeah, get down to the HEB. Get your yeah. Vienna sausages and your batteries for your flashlights. Yeah, the best advice I can give you. Is, Easy Mac is if it's flooding, don't don't try to drive oh, yeah, through an too. underpass. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that too. yeah. So like, if you see water at the underpass, don't try and drive through it. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, hugs and high fives, Houston. Get signed up for this fantasy football league. It's going to be a blast. Take Windshield care of wipers. Each other, guys. Make sure they yeah. work. Windshield wipers. Go panic by everything, y'all. I'm sure your stores will appreciate it. Take it easy, Houston. Holla.